here we go. So we have Matt Collins today joining myself and Ian on the the power platform people bite side. <laughs> see, I can't even fucking see it either. Yes, it wasn't just me. Bite size <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we're renaming that next week. <laughs> so how are you? Anyway, Matt, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, happy to be here. How are you guys doing? Very well. I have PT in an hour, so I'm loving this uh, chat that we have at the moment, and I'm going to get my sweat on and feel pain for it. Yeah, and I was meant to be at the NFL podcast recordings tonight, but my wife decided that Take That would be more fun for her to go and watch, so I am not better in the slightest. So, for anyone, Matt, who does not know you, do you want to just give everyone a wee bit of detail about yourself, what you do, where you work, what's, I was going to say, what's your kinks, but what, what gets you going? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm uh, Matt Collins. Uh, I'm a CRM or B365 consultant. Uh, I work for a company called TSG, Technology Services Group. Uh, I'm remote, so I'm home-based. I work, uh, I'm from Manchester myself. Uh, and, yeah, I love all things Dynamics 365, customer engagement or power platform and just love uh, learning and figuring out new things. I love at the moment that no one knows what to actually call CRM. CE power platform D three six five. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, we're not. We're not Dynamics three six. Dynamics three six five for customer engagement. Yeah. Yep. But then when you start talking about the power platform and how that includes some parts of Dynamics three six five customer engagement and all these UGs that are all you know struggling with naming conventions, it's not. It's not very straightforward anyway. no and then it all sits inside microsoft 365 as well because that's part of microsoft 365 dynamics 365 and office 365 or something like that so technically at the moment the power platform consists of power apps flow and power bi that is the official categorization of it however by the time this podcast goes out in about 45 minutes it will have changed <laughs> yeah yeah. Goodbye, MVP. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah, under goodbye, NDA. Mark. Can you talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. So, have you? How long have you been working in Dynamics then? So, I I started off in Dynamics. I think probably a lot like most people that are in this field. Um, so, about uh, eight or nine years ago, I kind of left uni and got my first job working um, on a help desk. And the internal system that we used was uh, Dynamics CRM. Uh, back then, it was version 4 on-premise. Um, and although the company used um, CRM as a product and it was kind of a business-critical system, there was basically no support in-house. There was nothing in-house for development support. Um, so one day, my boss kind of turned around to me and said, oh, you came from university, you know stuff about computers. Um, how about you take a look at the CRM system and see if you can make it do this or the thing? Um, and it just kind of progressed from there. So it was never my official job title at my old company. Um, it was something that I did most of the time on the weekends or um, after work, um, building, customizing, configuring, training people. Um, and then one day, um, my boss turned around to me and said, did you know we could make money doing Dynamics? And it was kind of like a realization to me. It's like, there are 
job roles out there doing this sort of thing because it was what I really enjoyed doing in my job. Um, so took the leap, um, joined um, TSG, where I am now, uh, as a support consultant, um, just so I could learn because I was, I'd essentially gone through a lot of phases, like I'd gone through CRM version 4, 2011, then upgrade to 2013 online and 2015. So I've kind of gone through a lot of phases, but there was so much that I didn't know. So I moved to TSG in a support role, um, just to kind of learn and gain that knowledge. Uh, and now I'm a support, I'm now I'm a, a CRM consultant. So I get to build and deploy and play with all the new toys, which is much more akin to like what I used to be doing. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, I, I feel like that's a very familiar role for, for a lot of people. Like a lot of people kind of come in at that end user point yep. and then transition to super user and then sort of go on from there. I think that's certainly CRM, as you say, it's most people's avenue into it. We've just spoke with many people about it and there isn't really a formal process. It's not like you go to uni and learn CRM. You, no, you but... kind of fall into it, definitely. How long is it that yeah. you've been at TSG? I can't remember. So me and Matt started TSG around about the same time, and I can't actually remember when it was I started there. You, I've was... moved a few jobs yeah. since, but you've Just stayed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I started at TSG, I think it was September or October um, 2015. So I've been here about three and a half years um and yeah we started um on the help desk together. so when i started tsg um and when you started tsg uh support was in this transitional phase where the old staff were kind of moving on and we had this brand new team came in um and me and Ian just clicked instantly so i've known you for you know three and a half years now and i've had about um, that many jobs in that time as well three and a half four and a half jobs yeah. or something <laughs> Yeah, so I, I stuck around because uh, I don't like change. Um, but you know, um, it's grown up on. I always make this joke that I've never actually been in a job longer than five years. Um, I worked in a bar for four and a half years and worked at my old company for four and a half years. I'm at three and a half years, so I just keep tempting, like pushing my boss about it. Just like, you know, I've been here for three and a half years now. <laughs> you know, you've only got a good year out and we left before I need to move somewhere else just because of, you know, I like patterns. So. I'm surprised I've not been nipping your head more about it because obviously my position, my situation, I've changed jobs a few times since for various reasons, family, personal, and, and just different opportunities and things like that. If anybody that should be telling you to change jobs, it should be me. I should be like, come on, do this, do that. But I know that you're really happy there or you have been really happy there and things like that. And you've got from it, you've definitely got a lot of loyalty to them and, and things like that. And it's awesome. It's really, really good. Yeah. They've, they've certainly helped you grow in the business for sure. Yeah, I'm a very, I'm a very loyal person. And although there was kind of a transition because I started off in an office and then I became a home worker, there was this very sort of, you know, almost a dark time, uh, almost where I had to adjust to life of not going outside. Is so that not like, when not I left like... TSG as well? Not that I'm blowing more trumpet here. Yeah, well, there's a little bit of new left as well, which is like, you know, I had like, you know, my, my best friend, that, you know, you work bestie, you come to the office and you're like, oh, you're there. And, you know, even though we were both remote, it was yeah. still, still kind of like I had my work bestie, I could just call up and have a chat for half an hour while we, you know, troubleshoot something. Um, but yeah, I went through this kind of dark time with becoming a home worker and the idea of not interacting with people on a day-to-day -day basis and not seeing people so i went from an office of like 90 where i knew everyone and knew like the kids and stuff like that changing jobs and then becoming a remote worker where it was like right you know i've got 
no one and sort of like I don't really leave that I think I, I counted once I didn't leave the house for seven days and on the seventh day it was to take the bins out and that was it see that's so, not healthy really though is it like as no. much as homework and great and all that that's not a good position to be in do you think no so now I kind you're of, the position that you have with the community obviously you're quite very active in the community and that's something that you've had to build up obviously because you don't just flick a switch and become active in the community do you think that was one of the things that helped you sell with the remote work and moving into the, that area okay. oh definitely and i think i think changing from being a support consultant to being a, a you know a, a consultant meant that i was actually going out to offices and meeting customers and meeting people and that kind of gave me a lot of confidence and i'd, I'd always push to go to all the ugs to meet people to learn things to, to try and get more active in the community and then sort of end up speaking and you know pushing beyond my boundaries to try to get there um, because I look, I look up to all these people like rock stars, you know, your Sarah Critchley's, your Scott Giro's, you know, um, Adam Vero's and stuff like that. They're the rock stars of like my world at the moment. So what was that? What made you get involved with the Manchester or is it Northwest? So called now? Uh, it's, yeah, it's still currently called the Northwest. Um, there's a few UGs popping up around the area. So, uh, watch this space to see, um, you know, what's going to happen there. Um, but yeah, I, you know, Manchester is where I'm from. I'm born and bred here. Um, I saw a post on the, um, UG forums about the Manchester user group. Um, I was a bit too late to the show. So I missed the first event um, from being an organizer point of view, but I attended it and it was brilliant. And they were looking for more people to help out and I volunteered. Um, and yeah, we've run two really successful events, um, like three total, just two with me um, over the last year. Uh, and it's just great to just talk to people that you know know what you do for a living, which is my biggest gripe, but I can never explain my job role to anyone. I don't so. think anyone in Dynamics can. I mean, myself and Ian actually came down, I think it was to your second meeting, wasn't it? Yeah, that? yeah. Yep. That was, I mean, that was, that gave us the appetite. Yeah. That was that would have been the first time that I had met you as well. Obviously, yeah. I knew who you were, but that was the first time. So that's true. I totally forgot about it. I thought the first time you would have met would have been in Amsterdam. Oh, I forgot you met in Manchester. I forgot I drove us down to Manchester, Mark. Yeah. And you drove. I, I sat there. I think I was a bit overwhelmed at that first meeting where I was like trying to rush around and figure out everything that was going on and making sure everything was going on track. That it was a bit of a blur that first one. So I probably didn't get much of a chance to speak to you. Um, yeah, I think for us, for me as well, it was a, a bit of a recce for obviously doing the whole Scotland thing. And, and bring the CRMUG to Scotland. I just wanted to see how it ran and how it was there as well. And that's where it was good to come down to one where I knew you, for instance, because yeah. if I had any questions, I didn't need to go and ask somebody that I didn't know. That whole relationship and friendship thing and knowing someone makes asking any of that so much easier. So that's always a good thing there. Yeah, it's always nice to have that familiar face as well. Oh, for sure. So, so from Manchester, you've done a little bit of presentation there, didn't you? Kind of intros, outros and stuff like that. Yeah, closed out the show. Um, it was the first UG that I'm aware of that actually um, recorded the whole um, the whole event as well. Um, so we recorded the the thing. So I got to see my outro <laughs> being played back in the in the um, stream that we took as well. But that was all thanks to Microsoft and David Reed for uh, setting that up for us. Yeah, that's all good. That's one thing I don't like doing these podcasts is the editing and listening back to it because I can hear my voice. I don't imagine. I don't 
even attempt to understand or empathise with what it's like to see and hear myself at the same time. <laughs> I was just say it's just it's just really good feet. I'm like my own worst critic, so I'm like looking at myself like, how many times did you say um? How many times did you say ah? What's your body language? What's my body language like? And it's like how can I improve next time? And that's always my next goal. It's like always improving and always you know becoming better. You must not have given yourself that hard a time because you went to Amsterdam with the CRMUG I and did. you presented there. But <laughs> how many sessions did you put yourself forward for? Um, I put five sessions forward and only three of them were accepted. So you know. <laughs> I'd be putting one hoping it didn't get selected. But anyway... <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did speak to people. I spoke to um, to Ryan, Ryan McLean, and he was saying that um, I was like, you know, how many sessions did you put forward? He's like one. I was like, and you got accepted because I, I was talking to Andrew Bibby, and he was he's on the committee for like finding out, like determining who speaks and when. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, he was saying, oh yeah, we had like you know, so how many hundred um, applications for like a hundred spaces last year and something like that, and. I was like, oh no, I'm gonna to need to like like try and hedge my bets a little bit. So I put forward five thinking great. And then the last couple hours like, I really hope these ones don't get selected. I'm I'm much more comfortable with my first couple. And uh, yeah, the first couple were rejected and the rest of them got picked up. And I was like, okay, so time to learn. Time to time to knuckle down and do some more work. Okay. That's fine. It's it's so you like in that way for me, it's the whole I, I will do it. I'll do a good job. In fact, I'll do a really, really good job that I will push myself massively at my comfort zone, make sure it's perfect, and then fret over it for such a long time and still smash it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it it, it was a it was an interesting experience. Um, I the first one that I gave was my first sort of public speaking, and there was about sort of twenty to thirty people in the room, uh, and I was talking about certifications and. I wasn't all nervous because um, there'd been a scheduling conflict and um, Julian Sharp and Neil Parkhurst, who, if you don't know, probably between them have about like a hundred qualifications. I think Julian actually has, he is the most qualified CRM person on the planet or something like that. Like he has pretty much all of them. He collects them like, like, like shinies from a football book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we spoke to him before in the podcast and he said at that point, was it not something like eighty three? I don't know why that number springs to mind. But yeah. he had some ridiculous number of, of certificates and then obviously Neil does a lot of training and documentation around the certificates. Yeah. So so they were they were presenting at the exact same time on the exact same topic that I was. And I was like, oh, great, no one's going to show up. But like, I dropped about 20 to 30 people in the room. So I was like, right, okay, no pressure now. I'm, I'm the expert in the room. I know what I'm talking about. Um, and I did it, and it went great. And I came out of the room and didn't realize that whole like adrenaline dump straight mm-hmm. afterwards. So I was walking around in a daze, and I bump into Sarah Critchley, who just turns to me and says, you're right, dude. And I just go, oh, fuck, sort of thing, like, you know. <laughs> F bomb straight away. She's like, nice to see you too. And I was like, no, I was like, I was just so dazed and confused. I didn't know what was going on. And she kind of dragged me into another session. And I sat next to her and just thinking, what just happened? Um, but then the next two sessions, I was absolutely fine afterwards. It was that initial hit that I just wasn't prepared for. Honestly, I don't, I still get that. I get the nerves before every single presentation. I mean, I, to the point where beforehand, I mean, Ian will tell you, Dublin, 
I did not want to really do Dublin when we went over there. I just wasn't for it. It was a last minute thing. It was a topic that I didn't really like. But I came out of that buzzing off my tits. I was like, I want to go in and do that session again. There is, I still get the, the sort of, it's, it's almost one of these things that, that gives you like a natural high, the adrenaline and the, actually, I, I think I've helped some people. It's the pure endorphins for it for me. Like it's, I can totally appreciate what Matt's saying about the the, the kind of dump of what the fuck. Like I, I remember after D365 Saturday when I closed that out, I pretty much broke down, had a cry, but I don't think it's because I was upset, raging, or emotional. I just didn't know how to deal with the amount of emotions that I had at that point in time. It was pure like, boom, 10 seconds later, I was done. I'm like, right, okay, let's go. But I don't remember 90% of the day just because it was so busy. So it's it's crazy what it does for you. Yeah. I, I even had um, one of my sessions was on um, reducing complicated dev in dynamics by using like, um, canvas apps embedded into model driven and using flow to replace plugins and stuff like that and i remember i was like partway through the presentation and i look up and matt barber walks in the back door and he stands like in the corner and i'm like right okay so no pressure now so i've got this like juggernaut who i've just seen on stage talk about the future of dynamics i'm here trying to present thinking right no pressure no pressure but he was an absolute gent didn't say anything through the whole thing, even though there was some aspects of this of the sort of you know functionality that we said this could probably be improved and this might you know this could be tweaked a little bit, but it didn't say anything and got through it and I was fine. So it's all good. To be fair, I wasn't at Amsterdam or anything, and uh, obviously I spoke to Mark. He was there. He's came back, and a few other people know that were there, and a lot of them didn't know who you were before know who you are now and really really enjoyed talking to you in the sessions you had so totally i think it was an all-round win-win for you like total confidence booster you deliver some great content and people learn stuff from it and that's the main thing for it isn't it yeah yeah i definitely think i mean i i said i'm sure i said this to you in the pub i mean that's a weird weird thing for me to say yeah there's there's no egos in the community everyone's Everyone's point is valid, whether you've been an MVP for 25 years, you've delivered 100 training sessions, or you're billable through the roof, or it's your first presentation. Everyone's got good skills, everyone's got bad skills, but the main thing is everyone should have a platform and have a voice. That is, that's what the whole Dynamics community is about. And I think from the feedback that I've heard, you knocked it out of the park, so fair play. Yep. You're definitely kind of, I love your blogs that you're doing on the, the D365 Geek. Uh, around like flow and things like that i'll learn loads from you on that element of it as well so i don't know do you want to go plug your blog a little bit and talk about what you do there because there's a there is a massive amount of content on that that's that's awesome yeah so um so the website is d365geek.co.uk um go to it now um (laughs) i i started this blog because i come from the background of not having any formal training so I wasn't trained professionally in dynamics. I didn't do go through training courses. Most of that end user stuff that I did was just me trial and error and then just trying to find it on the internet. And that's why I decided that wouldn't it be great if I wrote down some of these things so that other people can get, you know, at least a little help. So if I help one person with my blog, that's that's me happy. Or even if it's just um, for you to reference at a later point yourself when you forget. <laughs> 
I was going to say, I actually reference it a lot because I keep forgetting how I built it. Uh, so I keep going back to my website. I'm sure I built this before. I will go, I'll go have a look. I was like, oh yeah, that's how I did it. So, there's, um, one, there's one plug of mine that I've got and it's editing the schedule blocks on a schedule board. Okay. And I always forget how to do it. And I always just Google how to do it. And it's my own blog that comes up first when you search for it. That's how annoying it actually gets. But I kind of done the same thing. My blogging was more so that I would remember what I've done for me. Yeah. And it just it kind of it takes off because people are like, oh, that's really good. That's, that's a good idea. And I think the same thing's happened with you. I mean, I'm sitting here sporting one of, the, one of your geek stickers on my laptop. Oh, nice. Yeah, I uh, I love a good sticker. I've got I've I've got a whole ton of them from Amsterdam that I'm just waiting to like just stick on my laptop. Well, you know my address as well. Send them in the post. I w- no, I don't. I wasn't there. I shouldn't have them. <laughs> yeah, he's come to Barcelona, March 2020. Is it March 2020 for Barcelona. So just I'm putting that in diary right now. Yes. Ian, you need to actually do this. You need to bite the bullet and come to an event. And if you speak, the ticket is free. Oh, it's not about the cost and stuff. It's the fact that I'm billable. Uh, okay. That's my issue. It's that I'm always billable. <laughs> Hence why Mark gets at me, because I do need to take downtime, and this is the point of doing some of this. as a work-life balance for me. I need to take the time out. Yeah, it's going work and stuff like that, but it's working with... An environment I like. Like we all sit at ten o'clock at night, still messing about with stuff and doing bits and pieces. So I should go to these things more when they're not just at weekends. That was my issue: was I can't go because it's not a weekend. Yeah. I can't go because it's not a weekend. But I need to take time out. I need to. Well, do it. like for me, like my my missus has a um, she has like a creative outlet. She loves like Photoshop and photography and design and things like that. So she loves having that creative outlet. And I kind of realised I didn't have that. And now that I've started writing again and I'm like playing around with all the software and learning, that is my creative outlet. So that's not work for me anymore. That is me having fun learning things because I'd love to learn and then teach. Uh, and teaching is another thing I love to do and writing is a thing I love to do. So this is, this is my creative outlet now. And it's one of these things that also... If you're being creative, it also kind of helps your mindfulness as well. You're getting the, the ideas that you've got. You're using your brain power. It's taking your mind off other things. It just it can relax people just, just in what it does itself. Which we all know is massively important. From Mark, from Obviously, you've, you've spoken about it massively, Mark, with the, like the mental health and the community and things like that. Matt's hinted to it on us as well, where it's like the dark times of working on changing from what was always an office environment at TSG and even before that to them working at home and being actually isolated and stuff like that. It's, it's massive. It's there and you do need that creative output for it a hundred percent and we lose it, but we just need to get it back. I think is quite important. I do. I'm halfway there. I think at the moment. If you're like me and you have to take medication for your, for depression, Matt built us a little app in Power Apps that you can then start playing around with. I did. It, it was it was twofold. It was one out of my necessity to take antihistamines because I have a cat and I'm allergic to cats. Um, and I mean, just got rid of the cat. Well, I like the cat. I like the cat more than I like myself, so I'd rather get rid of me first. 
Um, Fair point. Yeah, but uh, and I always forget to take them. So it was kind of one out of like I need to remember to take my antihistamines, and two was like, well, what if I created an app so I can learn and do the thing that I'm passionate about and document it, and then um, use that for my own benefit. It's, it's the whole sort of citizen developer, you know, thing going on. And then with this whole templates for humanity movement, I thought, well, maybe there is some someone else that wants something like this, like, you know, um, that could potentially benefit from this. So I released it for free on um, uh, TDG's uh, Power, Power Apps Bank, uh, and you can download it and go and, um, you know, use this medication app. And if you don't like it or it doesn't do what you need it, then the code's there. You just go extend it yourself ahead of my extending it in the future. So Awesome. That's that's really cool as well. It is, it is definitely. I mean, I as we had chats online about it, and we've kind of done different things on it and gone different ways with it. Ian's Ian's looked at mine and hates my one, but that's a totally different story. Is there anything else that you you want to plug? Uh, no, that's it. So um, so d three six five geek dot uk. Uh, and if you're in Manchester or anywhere in the Northwest, we will be having another CRMUG probably in September. So uh, check out the at CRMUG UK underscore um, UK, sorry, at CRMUG underscore UK underscore Northwest for details on uh, on our upcoming event. Or you can follow me on Twitter, which is at Zyber, Z-Y-B-E-R, um, if you want to follow me. Where did the name Zyber come from? Yeah, that's a funny story. So um, I know this. I've had um, Xbox Live for 14 years. Um, so I got it like in its infancy, and it was before um, those wireless um, like network cards in your Xbox. So my uncle came around with a game adapter um, and like set up our wireless network at home. And it was like the first time we had a wireless network. It was brilliant. And I'd been thinking what my online handle was going to be. And I came up with this idea of, um, like, I like computers and the web and stuff, and I like Star Wars. So I thought, Cyber Jedi, like, C-Y-B-E-R. Um, and as he was there looking at me setting up my game tag for the first time, he's like, why are you using a C? I was like, well, what else would I use? He's like, put a, put a Z in there instead. And I was like, okay, let's do that. Uh, and that's just stuck for, like, the last... 14 years. I dropped Twitter like 10 years ago, so it was just kind of an extension of that. An yeah. extension of Xbox. I mean, at least Theory's got one of these things that, as we were kids, we've all got like, I have a Hotmail address that I've had since I was like 13 or something like that, and it's terrible. It's now just my spam address. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. But it's a terrible, 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 terrible address, and that's like, my first gamer tag was terrible. Actually, my current gamer tag it's still terrible. Not that At bad, least Cyber's pretty cool. Like it's kind of oh mate, it's like a hackers one. I just imagine you on like the TV show, yeah. uh, the film Hackers, like Dade Murphy and Cyber. Yeah, hack the Gibson, hack the Gibson. Uh, hack the world, man. <laughs> yes, it is, it is one of my favorite. One of my favorite yeah, all time. Iliad and and what's his name? Iliad, not Iliad. Um, the guy that was played Shaggy yeah. and Strooby Doo was in that film as well. Yeah, That's Matthew awesome. Lillard. And all the hacking through public payphones and yeah. stuff as well, like hooking them all together. So as you've got like really, because so, across different networks and stuff or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. You watch that now and you just think, what's a payphone? Oh, like, you know. Yeah. 
And do you know what? I, I'll be honest. I still watch it about once a month because it also not only is it an amazing film, the soundtrack oh, yeah. for it is like phenomenal. I mean, it's a lot of prodigy songs, but it's on it all. It's just I'm going to go watch Happers now. Yeah, I think I think we should have a group Happers watchathon. Oh, we should like let's all do it. We'll set up a central time. We can all start at the same time. We'll sit on teams and we can talk about it, right? Yeah, that sounds like a great. That sounds like a great idea. For that does sound like a great night. It does. <laughs> it does. Let, let's do a live streaming podcast, but we all watch a movie and we just have and teams just, on there. and We can all talk we through just teams. Chat about it as well. Like, oh, look at you can see the strings on that. One. Look. <laughs> Oh, there's there's Angelina Jolie's nipples are ready to come out. Yes, <laughs> but, I also think those were the first the first boobs I ever seen. I, I'm going to try and bring this back a little bit okay. to work, almost to close this bite sized podcast out a little bit. There's something that I sent you in the post. All thanks to Mr. Ben Vollmer sending them over yes. for us, and that is some flick buttons. I definitely am looking forward to seeing what you do with yours and how you blog about it. Well. And I would like to challenge you on it, but I don't really know what to challenge about. I think you should, you maybe have already done something with I, it, but I think that's going to be really I started cool. playing with the flick button. I've not had a chance to open up the other two yet because life's crazy for me at the moment. I'm like recording this and then I need to like pack for my stag do tomorrow. Um, but I've started playing with the flick. I've set that up. I've got a couple of ideas of what I want to do with it. Uh, but it'll be a surprise for the future. Uh, maybe something that I'll show at a future UG, which you may need to come down and... Uh, Witness for yourself. Oh, that if that is the case, that is where I will accept that side of the challenge. Okay. As to the other stuff you mentioned, the MX chip and stuff, yeah, for the connected field service and IoT stuff, yeah. that's that's definitely a different kettle of fish. The flick ones really cool setup and still be connected field service stuff or something else because obviously it can trigger a flow and stuff, so it will be cool to see what you do with it. Absolutely. Like stay tuned for, for blog posts about that. Thank you very much, sir. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you for having me. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Cheers. <laughs>